Welcome to She Is Your Neighbor, a show where we discuss the realities and complexities of domestic violence. This podcast is brought to you by Women's Crisis Services of Waterloo Region, a charitable organization in Ontario, Canada. I'm your host, Jenna Main. Join me as we talk to different people each week to learn how domestic violence impacts people from all walks of life. She is your neighbor, and we all have a role to play in ending domestic violence. This episode is called A Childhood Experience of Domestic Violence with Chris Linklater. In this episode, Chris tells us his story and shares what it was like to grow up in a home with domestic violence. He talks about how he stayed in a women's shelter as a child, and he also talks about where he is now in his life. He shares that he's a firefighter with the city of Kitchener and that he loves his job, he loves his family, and he also loves helping those in need. Chatting with Chris was so awesome. He actually hadn't shared his story very much throughout his whole life, but he said he wanted to share it as part of this initiative to show others that it's okay to talk about and to let others who are going through a similar situation know that there's hope and that there's support. I really admired this about Chris because I know it's very difficult to share your story, especially when you haven't shared it very many times before. It takes a lot of courage uh, and bravery to do that, but it's something that is so empowering. So I I just really appreciated that from Chris, and I know you're going to love hearing from him. So let's get on with this week's episode so you can hear from Chris yourself. Hi, Chris. Thanks again for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. Um, can you start by sharing a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I, I feel I'm, I'm just a regular person like anybody else. Um, but I'm, I'm passionate about becoming a better person, a better husband, a better father. And I'm also passionate about helping those in need. And uh, this led to me becoming a uh, member of the Kitchener Fire Department, uh, where I've been uh, for over 20 years. And uh, I'm passionate about making those around me better, uh, friends, family, co-workers. Uh, where I am different than most people is, is I grew up in a house afflicted with domestic violence. And for some reason, I have avoided talking about it my entire life uh, up until now. Um, but yes, my, uh, my, my birth father, uh, was never really in the picture and uh, as a child he was never in the picture and and lived in Nelson House Manitoba which is close to 900 kilometers north of Winnipeg it's 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 quite a re- remote uh, First Nation reserve and he uh, lived Nelson House his whole life and uh, at age eight he was actually taken by the RCMP and and taken to a residential school another almost thousand kilometers away and uh, never returned until age 17 and uh, we all know the ruin that uh, residential schools have brought to many First Nations people so um, I believe that my father was probably heavily damaged from the residential school system and um, you know I, I get it why he wasn't involved and and didn't want to leave uh, his uh, First Nation, and um, and I'm only speculating, 
but yeah, just my, my, my own father was never involved with me as a child. So it was just my mom and I for the longest time. And when I was around, I want to say six or seven, my, my mother had met a young man uh, who was very kind hearted. Um, he worked at an outreach center that helped First Nations prisoners rotate back into the world, uh, world uh, when they're being newly released prisoners, and um, which is a very noble job. And my mother was a school teacher for many First uh, Nations schools, and uh, so they both had a common goal. And uh, things progressed really quickly, and uh, and everything was going quite well. Um, but at this time, I've never had any male role models in my life uh, as, a, as a young child. So when you're a child and you don't know what normal is, the normal is the situation that you're in. And, um, and so everything that was happening to me was just normal. Um, and uh, things, things did get violent. Um, and thinking back, it was just completely terrifying as a kid to be in these situations. Um, like waking up to, to my mom screaming, uh, seeing my mom being thrown across the room, uh, kicked, punched, um, seeing my mom's face bleeding uh, like a cut from the lip or... Um, and those are the things that many kids not just myself, are faced with on a regular basis. And it's, it's nothing short of terrifying. But the, uh, the episode that led to my mom and I ending up at a women's shelter is, uh, is my stepfather and my mom were in an argument and you can always feel if things are gonna get violent. It was one of those, it was one of those days. And I remember my mom yelling for me to uh, to get into the car and and I did I ran to the car and I don't remember how she made her way to the car but she made her way into the car she got in locked the doors and she had the keys with her and uh, I remember my stepfather running out and he ran to the driver's side door and was demanding my my mom open the door and um, so at this time, we're, we're actually parked in our driveway facing our house. So normally, normally we just back up, uh, back up onto the road and drive away. Uh, but my mom had started the car and my stepfather turned around and he picked up a rock. And the rock was the size of I want to say a lunchbox, but it, it wasn't quite that big. But that's for some reason that always jumps in my mind. Is it was a larger rock, and um, and like I said, we're parked in the driveway, so normally we'd back out. But as soon as my mom saw that rock, she actually drove it, put it in drive, and started driving towards our backyard. And um, you know, and at that time, I didn't know his intentions with the rock. Of course, I'm terrified. And uh, well, like I said, she gunned it and she put it in drive and, and started driving towards our backyard. Now this part I actually uh, don't remember, but I do know that he did throw that rock 
through our back window. And I'm not sure if I, if I had fainted because of the stress or, or if I had been knocked out a little bit, but the rock ended up going uh, through the window. It struck the headrest of the seat I was sitting in and it bounced up to the roof and then back down and hit me in the head. And so when I came to, um, my mom was actually driving in our neighbor's backyard towards their driveway and then onto the road. And uh, that's when we found out, I, I reached back, I was bleeding. And um, it, when, I, when I think back about it, I, I could have been killed. Um, my mom could have been killed, like it was just a dangerous situation. And, and this is what domestic violence looks like. That's, um, it, it's, it's going on in our neighborhoods, in our city, all, all over the world. It, it's happening everywhere. And, um, and that's what it looks like. Thanks so much for sharing that, Chris. That sounds awful. Like it's, it's hard to hear and I'm sure it's really hard to tell too, but I really appreciate you sharing it. Cause like you said, it, it happens to a lot more people than we think. And I think the more we talk about it, the more awareness we raise about it, and we kind of remove some of that stigma that's associated with it too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I hope that me sharing my story will um, will let another kid that's in a bad situation know that it's going to get better. Um, that um, that there's other kids that have gone through it, and. Um, Although their situation may be abnormal, one day things will get more normal. Yeah, um, so then at this point, is that when you and your mom, what happened next? Can you tell us? Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually drove, so this is happening at, at uh, Kettle Point First Nation is where we were living at the time. And uh, so we drove straight to the uh, OPP office in Forest. And, um, and I, I what I remember about the OPP office in Forest is the, the constable that was taking our statement, uh, taking all the photographs and everything. It was actually a, uh, a friend that I went to school with. It was his dad. So um, that was comforting. At least I, I had a familiar face uh, to go with there. And, um, and from there, uh, my, my, my stepfather was charged with uh, assaulting a minor with a deadly weapon. And, um, and that's where I ended up going to the, uh, my mom and I, we ended up going to the women's shelter in, in, um, in Sarnia, Ontario. And what was that experience like for you? I I'm not sure how much you remember about it, but could you share what you do remember? Yeah, um, I, I, have to, I have nothing but good things to say about the shelter that I lived in, uh, that we stayed at. Um, and what I what jumps out at me the most is is how safe I felt at the at the uh, at the home, and and uh, I, I mean that was very one of the very few times where I remember feeling safe that I wasn't going to wake up to mom screaming, um, I wasn't going to wake up to any sort of violence, and. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was. I'm just completely thankful. Uh, it was a refuge, as far as I'm concerned, and it's it's an essential service. 
and I mean there isn't enough good I can say about it. It was it was just a fantastic place and and such a great spot to get a firm foothold for my mom to uh, move us to the next level. And um, yeah, and I mean really they're the real heroes in this situation for us. Is 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 was a spot to take us out of our dangerous situation. Taking us out of a dangerous situation is one thing, but keeping us protected is another. And um, I can't, I mean, I, I get choked up talking about it sometimes. And I, I uh, yeah, I can't say enough about it. It was just a great, great service in a, in a beautiful situation for my mom and I to end up at. Well, I'm glad to hear it was such a good experience for you because that's the hope. and. And I think once you do get working with these services, there is a lot of hope because there's other people going through the same situation, living, residing in those places, and it is a good place to get a foothold. So I'm glad to hear that it went so well when you got there, and that's really comforting to know that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Another thing I want to ask is um, a question we always get asked, and I always say this is something that frustrates me personally, is people will ask, why didn't she just leave? Um, for me and for any of us working in this work, it's a bit of a, a frustrating question, even though I know it, it just comes from a place of curiosity and, and wondering. But for me, it's frustrating because there's so many reasons why women don't leave these situations. There's financial reasons, children, pets. There's so much that goes on that is hard to even imagine um, for anyone who hasn't gone through it. So. Um, so for me, it's, it can be a little frustrating, but I do understand because for those who haven't gone through it, it's it's something they're wondering. So I'm wondering uh, if you can kind of explain what the process was like for your mom and why it might have been difficult for her to leave the situation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, you're right. There, there's uh, so many reasons, um, uh, but our, our so our case particular is. Is I we we uh, live close to my grandmother, which is my mom's mom, and uh, she had MS from an early age, so she was wheelchair bound, and um, I do remember during an argument when mom had said that she's leaving, I do remember my stepfather saying, "If you leave, your mother's done." So, I mean, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm shaking even thinking about this. And I mean, what a, what a thing to say to a person. Um, you know, I'm gonna go after the one person that can't protect themselves if you ever think about leaving me. So, uh, I mean, there's our reason. And I mean, what do you say? What a terrible thing to say to a person, and and yeah, that's why we didn't leave. So, and I mean, that's our case, and I'm sure there's many other cases that are as bad or even worse. So, well, that's awful, and I'm so sorry you and your family had to go through that. And I think you're right. I think when it comes to domestic violence, there is so much power and control, and that's difficult to fathom sometimes. But um, that's how it works and that's the cycle of abuse as well and it's one person holding power over the other and, and it's a really complicated, very complex type of situation. So it's not that easy and for us we always recommend, obviously this wasn't possible in your situation because it was 
your mom had to flee at that moment. We recommend usually for, if it's possible for women to work with a women's shelter ahead of time, make a safety plan so they know how to leave safely and everything. But this isn't always possible in situations where women have to leave in the spur of a moment. That happens, right? Absolutely. I think it's, I'm glad we're talking about this because, you know, I do want people to know too, if you're able to work with someone, make a safety plan, get professional help, it's going to, it's going to be helpful because it is, it's a very dangerous time and you just explained what happened when your mom left and it's just, it's a very dangerous time. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and I, uh, that's another thing is I can't, the real heroes are also the people that work at the shelter. I mean, true professionals that handle these situations all the time. And, and yeah, I definitely recommend that if you're in a dangerous situation, call the professionals at the, uh, at the, uh, uh, women's crisis services and and they handle doesn't matter how bad you feel like your situation is they've dealt with it or they've dealt with something similar so um, I, as unique as your situation is there's professionals there to help and and uh, I definitely recommend that you that you follow up yeah for sure and you and your mom your mom especially so brave um, that's something we talk about too is sometimes people don't understand like these are the bravest women we've ever met who end up coming to our shelters or who don't who maybe make it out on their own or stay with family and friends but it takes a lot of resilience and strength and these are strong women who've who've gone through this so i just want to point that out too oh absolutely and and now that you say that i mean and another hero out of this is my mom because i mean i'm sure she stayed as long as she did uh for my protection uh for the family protection and and um, yeah I mean really the amount of like the abuse that I witnessed my mom was bearing the brunt of that abuse and uh, the way she was able to get us out of that situation and and turn things around for us um, I, I just have no idea how she did it so um, there isn't a day goes by where I'm not thankful that um, my mom is the woman that she is and 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 handled everything as well as she did. Yeah, for sure. I'm also wondering if you could maybe touch on what experience this might have, what how this experience might have impacted you growing up and in your life. I I, I have thought about this a lot, and um, and the impact for me growing up is 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 I'm never going to know the full impact of me uh, the, uh, this had on me growing up. Um, there's like these stressful situations, they, they affect how you grow physically. Uh, they, uh, they impact how you grow intellectually. And, and um, so I'll, I'll never truly know the effects that this has had on me. Um, for me, uh, I remember like as a kid, I remember fantasizing a lot um, about our situation and, and the feelings was about how we got out of it. Um, I remember thinking or fantasizing about my birth father and coming and, and you know, roughing up my stepdad and, and uh, you know, him and my mom falling in love again and, and we go off and live our lives, right? So um, I remember thinking about that a lot. Um, I remember, uh, well, I remember just lying about our situation all the time. Like, 
I would tell lies to make my life seem better. Because I would go to my, I'd go to, I'd go to friends' houses and I would re quickly realize that their situation is completely different from my situation and that my situation was completely abnormal and I, it was embarrassing. Um, it was embarrassing to, to know that I was not like everybody else. And um, yeah, so I really don't have any answer for you of how impacted could be growing up. Uh, I know there's lots of studies, but for myself, I just don't really have a good answer. No, I think that is a good answer because that's, that's the truth and that's how, how you see it. And, and it has a different impact on everybody. And, and I don't think we ever fully will know the impact, but that's, that's how it affected you. And I do appreciate you sharing that. I'm, I'm kind of also wondering if this had any impact on your career choice um, and becoming a firefighter. Because as you mentioned, you've been in that career for 20 years, which is amazing. Um, it's such a cool job. So uh, I'd love to hear about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I always thought about, um, you know, what, uh, about when I was a kid, I would fantasize. One of the things I fantasize about is, is, uh, is me protecting my mom. Uh, from the situation that she was in, and uh, I, and I'm sure there's way there was ways that I did protect my mom. I would, um, you know, I would, in a lot of situations, I would actually pretend that I liked my my uh, stepfather, and and just to find ways to make life easier for her. And so I think that protecting situation um, when the fire department came up, it it really fit. And, um, and, and I do, I do feel like my upbringing as a kid, I, I, um, I handle life stresses really well. Um, and also when, when I first got on the fire department, um, I, I was pretty lost still, even as a young man. And I mean, I just had so many positive role, role models when I, when I did become a firefighter, and if I can name a few, um, uh, Jan Rayner, uh, Doug Voisin were older firefighters, um, and uh, just their commitment to the community, uh, the commitment to their their families, I it was just nothing short of, and I, and I'm not coming up with the right words, but I just don't know if they know the impact. That they had on me, and I mean, even a few guys my own age, uh, Lance Hughes, who's just one of the kindest guys I've ever met, uh, Rob Martin, who's our deputy chief, um, just his the way he's gone about um, uh, self development and and making it okay to become a better person, and I just I just can't thank those guys enough, and and that's one of the um, I, I've built myself a great family, and I hope they know how much they, how much of a positive influence they had on me. Yeah, that's really cool. I think I've my brother-in-law is a firefighter, and I know you know him actually, and I know Rob Martin too, and they're great guys. And I, to me, it seems like the firefighters, your unit, it's really like a community. It's almost like a family. So it's pretty cool how close you guys are. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely, and and. Um, and like I mentioned before, um, 
like I do find like I do handle the real life stress well because it's nothing really comparable to what I went through as a kid there and um, even as a firefighter I've never gone through a situation that's as um, that's as stressful as it was growing up in a home with domestic violence now let that sink in for a while I like all the fires that I've been to, fire-related deaths, car accidents, car accident-related deaths, nothing compares to the stress that I was going through as a kid and, and uh, being a kid with domestic violence. And I really want anyone who works in the emergency services to know that, that there's kids out there that are under, kids, people, mothers, that are under huge amounts of stress. Yeah, that's pretty impactful because over your 20 years, like you just said, all the things that you would have seen and dealt with, to compare that and say it's not even close to as stressful as what you went through, I think that's a pretty powerful statement. And, you know, I, th I think it's good for you to share that and for people to realize this is what families are going through. It's not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, so I, I'm, thanks for sharing that. Of course. Thank you. And, and, um, and I hope... Uh, I, even if I'm uh, telling my story and it helps one family or it helps one kid, I'm, that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you next. Um, why is this conversation so important to you and, and what are you hoping that other people take away from your story, especially, especially men? Um, well, ex especially men. I mean, so just because you don't feel like you're an abuser, um, we can be definitely be part of the solution and and um, just becoming a, a a better man yourself setting a great example for your for your community setting a great example for your own family um, and then letting people know that yeah there's kids that are in terrible situations right now and um, if you can find a way to to give to the uh, to the crisis services um, in one way or another, um, I can't say, I can't tell you how important that is. Thank you, Chris. And another part of the She Is Your Neighbor project is about encouraging our community to be good neighbors and talking about how we can all be better neighbors. Uh, we don't know everybody's situation, but um, the point of this project is she is your neighbor. That's the reality. This is happening. So how can we be better neighbors to everyone and to women and children going through this? Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, so as, as a younger guy, I was always thinking about becoming a better firefighter. And I used to always think that this was, you know, hitting the gym more, training, which is important. Um, but as I got on, as I, as my years got on in the job, um, the, the real the real way to become a better firefighter is is um, like showing compassion to someone who hasn't seen compassion in a while uh, showing kindness to someone who hasn't felt kindness in a while and um, if we can lift people up when they're down and give hope when they need it we're not only become better firefighters we're going to become better people and I that just 
relates. That's my direct um, from me to that question is is how I think everyone should really uh, move forward as a neighbor and 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 people in need. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's great advice and. And I think people should take it from you because I see you as a really great role model for kids out there, for anyone really, because your story, it's amazing and to get where you are now. And if I'm not mistaken, you've been married for 20 years around that too. Yep, yep, I've uh, been married. I'm a father of two uh, fantastic kids. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, it's um, and being a good husband and being a good father, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and uh, I mean, it's well worth it. But it it it's you have to be mindful, um, like the compassion, the kindness. It's it's the hardest because it's so easy to forget, and I think so many people forget um, just how easy it is, um, and and for some reason it's just difficult for a lot of people. It's true. It's simple, but it's. It's sometimes hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes, as they say, and I, I think it's easy to forget, even though it's such a simple thing to do, really. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's fighting some kind of battle that you really don't know anything about, and um, it's, you know, there's so many difficult and complex situations that people are in that you can just be mindful that you don't know what, what's happening in someone's life. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I want to add too is if anyone listening, if you do know someone who's going through domestic violence, whether um, it's whether it's your neighbor or somebody you know, or perhaps someone through work, uh, something that you can do as well is listen, like Chris said, show compassion, um, and also let them know about these services available because we can help people make safety plans. We can refer them to other services if they need that. So um, I want to point that out as well too. Well said. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me, and and um, and thank you for doing what you guys do. And um, you guys are really the heroes of the community, also. And and um, thank you for all the work that you do. You guys are true professionals. That wraps up this week's show, but the conversation is far from over. We want to hear what you think. Use the hashtag SheIsYourNeighbor on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and join in the conversation. We all have a role to play in ending domestic violence.